Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. What's up, everybody? Dr. Barry here, your favorite board-certified internist, bringing you episode 73 of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Today, we are going to be discussing mental health, specifically minority mental health, and we're going to be talking about, on the personal side, what does being the black physician uh, mean on my mental health, and what are some things that I've done to cope with it, what are some struggles I've had in the past, and still could probably continue to have, right? And so... I want you to sit back, get ready for another amazing episode. Like always, you can head over to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP073 for today's show notes. Or head over to lunchlearnpod.com and you'll get a listing of all of the episodes that if you, in case you may have missed one uh, on the website. And just like the motto says, remember to empower yourself for better health here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, everybody. So this week's episode is going to be a good one. We are talking about a topic that I actually bring up uh, quite often, uh, mental health. And particularly this month with it being Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, it I think it adds a little bit extra um, you know, responsibility being a black physician in, in the sense of trying to champion the cause of what minority mental health really means. Why we, why we again, it's, it's just like, it's the argument that I sometimes get during Black History Month, right? Like, oh, why do we have to celebrate Black History Month? And same thing, like, why do we have to celebrate minority mental health, right? When there's already a mental health awareness month, right? And I, I'm going to go through some numbers, right? Because I think for a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys are very visual, like you like the numbers, um, and you like to be able to put things into context, right? And the context, I think, is going to help us uh, move on uh, to where we want to be in terms of like, okay, why is this important? Why do we need to stress, you know, why mental health, especially in the minority community, is something that we really should be tackling on an everyday basis, right? So just just some quick numbers in regarding Black and African American communities and mental health, right? So about sixteen percent of the U.S. population who identify as black African-American suffer from some type of mental illness, right? About 16%, right? So again, already we can already see like that. This is not a small number. This is not uh, a, an issue that affects a small population, right? And I, I think that's key, right? Because I think a lot of times, especially when we talk about mental health, uh, and, you know, I've talked about it, you know, quite frequently on this podcast. And when we talk about mental health, sometimes we seem to think like only a small you know, smidget of the population is dealing with it and everybody else is okay, right? When that's clearly not false. So these are just some numbers, right? I got these numbers from the uh, Office of Minority, uh, my Office of Minority Health, like I said, like I said uh, we are so affected, right? And again, just a quick caveat. We are so affected when it comes to disease and 
uh, you know, issues, especially in health related, that we tend to have to have our own divisions, right? So this is the Office of Minority Health, you know, Human Health Services, uh, that says that uh, African Americans, Black African Americans, are 20% more likely to report serious psychological distress, right? 20% more likely. They are three times more likely to live below the poverty line. And we know that socioeconomic status plays a huge role in your mental health, right? So African-American, Black Americans are three times more likely to live below uh, the poverty line. Um, African-Americans are more likely to experience feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness compared to adult whites. And and unlike unlike our uh, the, the counterpart, especially with white, right, like, we feel these things at such a turn, right? And again, this isn't just gender specific, right? It's it's males and females feel at a much higher rate in that regard, right? And while African Americans, right, or Black Americans are less likely than white people to die from suicide as teenagers, they're more likely to attempt suicide as teenagers, right? So again, that's 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 just telling, right? And when, when you have a subset of your community that gets affected by mental health at such a higher rate, like these numbers aren't staggering, right? And again, only about 13% of the population, right? So only 13% of the population identifies Black American, right? But yet, like the numbers are staggering, right? Again, 20% more likely to, to report suffering from uh, serious psychological distress, right? Three times more likely to be below the poverty line, right? More likely to suffer from feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness, right? So that is a problem of, you know, massive concern, right? Especially from a, uh, as a physician, as a public health professional, right? Like these are things that just continue to accumulate over time that if we don't, you know, do things like this, like celebrate a whole month where we're putting a flashlight on just the minority health minority mental health aspect of it like we're gonna have problems right and what so what are some of the issues right especially associated with mental health in the minority community right um i've, I've talked about this on the blog uh, when i talked about you know the elephant in the room right um there's stigmas kind of associated with mental health and seeking mental health right like again i talked about how 20 percent are more likely to report it right there's a lot of people who don't report mental health right and it affects the african-american community much more uh, then affects the other communities, right? So again, there's they hold uh, beliefs related to stigma. Um, they don't want to be open, right? They don't like to seek the help when the help is there, right? And it and it turns into trying to deal with it on their own, right? So they've never been taught to deal with these feelings of sadness, these feelings of hopelessness on their own, but they're trying to just essentially wing it, right? And that's a problem, right? I've I've talked in the past where as a primary care physician, right? And I, you know, obviously, I know I hate that term. But as a, you know, as a, the, I guess, the, the, let's say the personal physician, right? The person who's usually on uh, the, the, the front lines when it comes to healthcare that you go to see for your annual wellness exams and your flu shots, right? Um, a lot of times my patients would talk to me about their mental health issues before, you know, going to see someone who's definitely a lot more uh, professional, a lot more certified to, than me, right? Because of that, that barrier that they, they don't want to be seen as going to a psychologist, right? They don't want to be seen as going to a psychiatrist, right? Because for them, right, it says like, oh, I, I'm not quote unquote crazy, right? Like that's always the wastebasket term, you know, I hear when I say, oh, I don't want to see that person, right? Because I'm not crazy, right? Or I'm not depressed, right? Or I'm not anxious, right? Uh, I just have these issues going on, right? Like they, they come with all these different definitions than what the definition, 
you know, actually is associated with. 30% of people who have uh, a mental illness are actually receiving treatment. And this again, this is in the um, you know, African-American community. And because of the concern of the stigma, men are disproportionately affected, right? Because, and I talked, you know, our, our men, you know, we, we have, again, we have trouble going to the doctors anyways, right? So now I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, now that only you need to go to the doctor, but you need to go to a psychologist, right, for your anger issues, right? You need to go to a psychologist for your, your post-traumatic stress, right? You need to go to a psychologist. Like, I, you start saying that, and you definitely are going to scare uh, men away, right? So there's lots of different reasons why, you know, mental health, especially in our community, um, isn't in the front lines, right? And I, I just kind of like the title kind of segues, right? You know, as the black physician, right? I understand uh, the level of responsibility that I have because I used to have patients who would come to see me just because I was a black physician, right? Because the numbers aren't, you know, in our favor, right? Like, again, I read. Uh, I read an article, I think, like a, a month or so ago, right? Like, in those who are getting accepted to medical school, that number just keeps dropping. Like, it keeps dropping, right? We keep getting less and less African-American males going to medical school, right? Which means there's going to be less and less African-American males who someone's going to be able to go to as their uh, personal physician, right? Or someone's going to be able to go to as their surgeon, right? Who someone's going to be able to go to, right, as their psychiatrist, right? Like, so less and less people are out there. And we know the relationship of if you have a person... You know, that looks like you, that talks like you, that walks like you, you're more likely to open up to them, right? You're more likely to tell them like, hey, I got all of these problems going on. But if you're consistently going to uh, physicians and healthcare practitioners, right, who don't look like you, who don't share the same culture as you, right, you're going to be more likely to be reserved. You're going to be more likely to kind of hold on to your own personal issues and not seek help with a professional, right? Because professionals that are out there, Right. The professionals that are out there don't look like you and you don't trust them. Right. And again, I already know, you know someone's going to listen to this and, you know, they're going to bring up Tuskegee and all of these other like, you know, heinous acts that the, the medical professional um, community, the, the medical community like did. Right. Like and I am 100 percent with you. Right. Like I'm 100 percent with you that as in the medical community, especially in the past. Right. Um, we have not done. Uh, you know, black Americans, correct, right? We have, we just haven't, right? And I understand if you had that stigma and bias, right? But I also understand that, like, in this day and age, you have no excuse now, right? Like, back then, I understand you have no excuse not trusting the OB and the, you know, your psychiatrist and your internist, right? But now, like, those, those things aren't happening, right? So, because those things aren't happening, right? Like, I need you to come see uh, your professional uh, physician, right? I need you to come uh, see, go seek help when you need it, right? So, so that's that's that that's that right there, right? Especially when it comes to you know mental health, especially when it comes to uh, being able to be seen uh, in in the professional setting, because a lot of us are dealing with our mental health in terrible ways, right? A lot of us are you know going into drinking, right? A lot of us are going into doing illicit drugs, right? A lot of us are manifesting anger issues, right? A lot of us are becoming so repressed and you know so reserved. You know, that we keep to ourselves, right? Again, the the, the facts state that, you know, again, we are attempting more su suicide at a much higher rate uh, than the white population, even though, again, we only make up 13%, right? So this is something that I think really needs to kind of be stamped home, the fact that mental health, especially in a minority community, is such a huge factor, right? And next week, I'm going to have uh, Maria Davis uh, Pierre again, uh, CEO of Autism at Black, 
uh, to kind of discuss, especially from a therapist perspective, right? The 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 burden, you know, being a minority here, especially in this, I mean, really worldwide, but especially in this country here, like holds, right? Like, and I think it's key, right, to really kind of stress the fact that in the United States, you know, mental health is not something that, you know, gets the fanfare. So you best believe minority mental health definitely ain't getting the fanfare, right? So again, that's why, you know, I, I look up and I look forward to months like these, right? Months where they're like, you know what? I know this disease doesn't get talked about a lot, but we're going to talk about it this month, right? We're going to highlight it this month. And uh, I like to think, uh, you know, of course, we have to always give credit where credit's due, right? In 2005, 2005, B.B. Uh, Moore Campbell, an author, advocate, co-founder of the uh, National, oh, let me get this correctly, National Alliance of Medical, Mental Illness, went to Congress, right? Because she said, you know what? We need to recognize mental health in the African-American community, right? So this is actually her quote in 2005. Once my loved ones accepted the diagnosis, healing began for the entire family, but it took too long. It took years. Can't we as a nation begin to speed up that process? We need a national campaign to destigmatize mental illness, especially one toward especially one targeted toward African-Americans. It's not shameful to have a mental illness. Get treatment. Recovery is possible. Again, this is 2005, right? So uh, she introduced uh, this, you know, this, this legislation uh, into Congress, and that's how it became a month, right? Because it, it understood the importance of having to improve access to mental health treatment and services, and it understood how this was really a public health concern here in our community of getting to the point where we need to take care of the the, the african-american community especially uh in and when, when it comes to mental health and everything kind of under the sun in that regards right i i think the importance right of as and again i, I want to talk about just me as i'm segue just me as a physician right just me as a physician and you know being me being a black physician right like again i it's very difficult to to like separate the two because for a, a lot, right, a lot of my training, a lot of even growing up when I was a pre-medical student, when I was a medical student, when I was a resident, right, a lot of my training, like it was, it was difficult to subtract and, you know, I mean, it was difficult to separate the fact that I was a physician, right, like it had to be, it was known that I was the black physician, right, and again, I remember in, in my class, I was at Nova Southeastern University and in a class of about 200 plus students, right, there were seven of us, right? Seven and seven of seven black students, right? And when I got to residency, I was the uh, only black male resident. We had 18 residents. I was the only black male resident there. We had uh, one of my seniors, a uh, black female, uh, was a senior of mine, right? So there was two of us, two out of 18, right? So it was, it was, it was evident, right, when I would have walked the hallways, uh, at, you know, at Palmetto General, at, you know, West Palm Hospital, right? It was evident that, like, oh, that's the black physician right here, right? Like, that's, like, that person. And, you know, I didn't I didn't have to do it. didn't take much to stand out, right? It didn't take much to know, like, oh, Dr. Pierre uh, was taking care of me, right? And if for some reason, let's say for some reason the patient didn't know if I was the one taking care of him, they just, oh, you know, the black guy, the black physician, and then, boom, it was already there. Like, they already knew exactly who he was talking about, right? And this happens again. I, I kind of I talked about it earlier, right? We get le- we're getting less and less black males going into medicine. So this this is something that's going to continue on, right? This is something that you know this isn't a blip. This isn't something like oh, you know what? We'll take care of it next year, right? Like this has been a consistent trend of you know having less and less black. 
physicians and period right go into medicine so i understand what the the burden of being a black physician here is in this country right again i'm a program director here uh of you know 18 medicine residents and i got you know four other core faculty members and i got a lot of a lot of people around me right and you know it's it's not lost on upon me right that a lot of my nurses who are taking care of my patients right are black but the physicians right aren't right like it, it's not a loss on me right and again it, it's not something that i shy away from right like it's not something that like actually like especially it's it but it has taken time right it has taken time to be comfortable and say yes i'm the black physician here right like i and i, I even joke with my patients because again sometimes i can see them having trouble you know it's like oh i remember oh it was it just say the black physician right like i like i want i want it to be known right that it's okay to you know label me as a black physician right like it's not a problem right like that's not a a negative effect right even though uh, especially in this country, or real across the world, but especially in this country, right? Usually when we attach black, right, we try to attach some type of negative connotation to it. Um, but like that my goal, right, as you know, as a black physician, right, is to make sure that when you when you say black physician, right, like you understand like, oh wow, like he's the black physician, right? Like this this is like I gotta get ready. Right. Like I, I need to be more prepared, right? Like I need to be ready for whatever the black physician has, right? Because he, he's gonna bring it. And I understand that I just don't have, you know, the burden of as a physician having to be perfect 100% of the time, right? Like I have that burden of being a black physician who has to be 100% of the right all the time, right? Because if I'm not right, not only do you you knock, uh, you know, you knock the the profession as a physician, right? But then you say, oh well, let's see, that's what happened. You know, you get more black physicians, more minorities, and you know they're not as smart. Like you know, like I understand like that happens, right? Like that's. I, you know, I don't need to sugarcoat it here on the podcast uh, for uh, you guys to realize that, right? Like, I understand that if I mess up, right? Like, I mess up as I mess up the whole community, right? Like, the whole community goes down uh, if you hear some scandal next year about Dr. Barry, right? The whole, like, oh, man, look, black, another black male physician, like, you know, down the pits, right? Like, like that's that's the problem, right? And it's it's a burden that, you know, is not carried by my, you know, my white counterparts, right? And that's, again, that's where privilege, you know, buys you, right? Like, it, you don't have to, you know, take in all of the burden for the entire uh, community, right? Whereas, as a black physician, whether you're black male, whether you're black female, understand that if, if you do something wrong, right? Like, they look at all of us wrong, right? Like, they look at all of us. Again, I talked about a couple episodes go about that dermatologist in Atlanta who was doing surgeries and they said she was dancing and uh, she was dancing but you know they 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 felt like oh her dancing may have caused a mistake to happen in in the OR I don't think so but you know it, I've seen a lot of the comments right a lot of the comments you know definitely made made sure they noted the fact that she was a black physician right like it wasn't something that uh, especially in the and one at first I tell all of my physician colleagues who are going to go and do this online thing right and, you know become more pu- publicly uh visible try not to read the comments too much right because uh people say what they want in those comments right it's usually it's usually anonymous anonymous and it, it's usually something that you know it's not gonna you know come back to bite them right so they say what they need to say right and I, I remember reading the backlash and reading how the divide not only was because uh, the physician may have made a mistake right but because she was a black physician also because she was a female physician right like there were there were so many different layers associated uh with it right so I, I tell my colleagues right like i tell my seven colleagues out of you know class of 2011 right like we like that the burden is on us to do well 
because even though we're seven out of 200, if one or two of us don't do well, they say, you see, this, this is why we can't get more of them in school, right? Like, and, they, and, and I'll probably have a podcast, maybe just like a video to talk about that, you know, probably sometime uh, this year when I just kind of talk about just the bias of, you know, these medical schools and even that, and now that I'm a program director, these residencies, right? Like, I'll, I'm definitely going to have like a, a podcast or maybe just a video just talking about that. Because it's definitely real. Like, again, it's it's not a coincidence, right? Like we're getting less and less males and females of African American descent being accepted to medical school, right? Like it's not a coincidence, right? Like it's not like we all stop saying that we want to, we don't want to become doctors anymore. Right? Like, of course, that didn't that didn't occur, right? But there's so many things that happened up until then, you know, that kind of causes the detour, right? And it's a detour that a, a lot of our other constituents don't necessarily have to face, right? So as the as the black physician, right, as the the perfect black physician, right, and again, this is something that you know I may I may even throw in a shirt, right? Like as a perfect black physician, I understand that I'm not going to be right 100 percent of the time, even though that's always my goal, right? Because as a physician, that just has to be our goal. We have to be right, especially I take care of patients in the hospital. Um, in acute settings where, again, like my decision could mean life or death. And I understand that it's a burden that I, 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 I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for it. Like, I, like I, I get hype when I go to work, right? Like, I usually have, like, some sa- a soundtrack of music that I play before I step into the hospital. But I get hype going to work because I understand that uh, I'm going to be the reason why someone's going to be able to walk out the hospital, right? And I think that's important because when you, when you, when you talk about mental health, right? Like, I know and I think physicians are one of the strongest character mindsets uh, that you'll ever have to be right again uh, these are people who decided when they were in pre-med when they were in elementary school right that they wanted to be a doctor and they decided that you know what i'm okay with going to undergrad for four years and then medical school for four years and then residency for three to eight years like i'm okay with doing all of that and then at the end being called a doctor right like that was a mental decision that they made so it's not like being a physician is for the mentally weak Right. But when you when we talk about physician burnout, when we talk about physician suicide. Right. And when we talk about all of these things that kind of break us down towards the end, it's it's usually because, you know, we get it gets chipped away. Right. Like our mental health. Right. Like the the mental the, the foundation of support that we need just isn't there. Right. And as a physician. Right. Like I, I champion all my physicians. You know, you should all see a counselor. Right. At least once. Right. Just to say, like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with now. Right. And. As the black physician, I understand that, you know, I got I got a whole community who are expecting me to be right 100 percent of the time. Right. The physician community and the black community. And if you're not ready for and again, this isn't something that just extends to, you know, black physicians. Right. If you're a black lawyer, if you're a black teacher. Right. If you're a black manager. Right. Like you're a black accountant. Right. If you're a black anything. Right. Understand that, you know, you've got two communities who are looking to make sure you don't mess up right so it's so that's why it's so bad when we do mess up because they 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 bring us all down right like i said again i was reading those comments for the dermatologist and they were bringing they were saying yeah i see this is what happens you know this is why uh you know uh females shouldn't be surgeons right oh this again so again had nothing to do with the again we have no clue what actually happened during that or but again people are saying because of her gender right she shouldn't be a surgeon right People were saying because of her race, right? Like, this is why they're always dancing, right? Like, yeah, this is something that uh, happens in real life. And in right now, this especially in this political climate where race relations are 
definitely well they've, they've they've actually never been amazing right but people are much more open about how much they don't like black folks right um again i've, I've had patients who i know that you know, when I walk into that room, right, like they weren't necessarily too happy to see me, but they really didn't have a choice, right? Because again, if he's the only physician who's going to take care of you and you're sick, you're sick as a dog, like you'll just be taken care of. But, you know, I, I peep, I peep how they talk. I peep how, you know, enthusiastic they are with my other, even my residents, right? It used to be so funny. Like I would walk into uh, rooms and, you know, they would be talking to my residents, like my residents were the attending. And then I'd have to probably say, oh, no, I'm actually the attending. I'm sorry. And like I'd have to redirect them in that regards, right? And again, these are just some of like the microcosms that we deal with, as, especially as a black physician, as a black resident, kind of coming up. And you know, I I I address this podcast really to all of my uh, black physicians, but really all of my black professionals in general, right? Um, you know, please look after your mental health, right? Like it's something that all of us need to make sure. Uh, we're we're ready to deal with right all of us need to make sure that not only our physical is correct but our mental is correct right because it's it's a burden that may not you know affect you today right it may not affect you in 2018 but you know over in 2019 you know a piece gets chipped away right and in 2020 a piece gets chipped away right and in 2025 you're to the point where you're so exposed now all of a sudden it doesn't take much to tip you over so as we end this podcast i just want to Again, stress the importance of seeking help when needed, right? Especially if you know you're in the African American community, and you know you want to see someone who looks like you, because there's plenty of resources there. I'll, in the show notes, I'll actually put uh, some resources resources out for some th- therapists who are black. Because again, who are who else are you going to be more comfortable seeing, right? Again, I I used to tell all the time. Uh, as a physician, right, my, my patients would come to me just to tell me all of their mental health issues, right, because they didn't want to see anyone who didn't look like them, right, or someone who uh, who may have been on the plan, you know, wasn't someone that they fully 100% trusted. So so that, you know, that's real, right? So I will put in the show notes a link to, you know, some, some therapist directories uh, for anyone who needs to seek some help. Even if you don't think you need to seek help, um, you know, just having that in your back pocket so you know where to go and find it uh, is even more key. So you guys have a great and blessed day and I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch learn pod all in one word.com and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode especially the one you just listened to and i'm gonna see you guys next week you guys be blessed bye